Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Here to introduce you to the great musicians and music businesses and organizations of Wisconsin. Every week, Wisconsin Music Podcast will be bringing you great information on what's happening in the Wisconsin music world. For our music-loving listeners, we'll bring you music that you haven't even heard of yet from unique and talented artists and hear about their journey so far. You'll either hear live performances of their songs or songs from their selected discography. For our musicians out there wondering what they can do to further their recognition, we'll be calling upon Wisconsin music businesses and organizations to enlighten you on what they're doing to help further your music journey. And now, here's your host, Zach. Thanks, Dean. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Wisconsin Music Podcast. This week's guest is Rain Stern, singer, songwriter, guitarist, composer, band leader, and contestant on The Voice last season. So we're going to get into the first part of her conversation in a little bit. Wisconsin Music Podcast was off for a few episodes, uh, and then we came back last week with Ben Hans. Hopefully you enjoyed that great conversation that I had with him. We have some great interviews coming up in the future so look forward to those as well like i talked about last week i finished mixing ali eyes's four song ep and was mastered by gary tannen of daystorm the song night sirens is going to be coming out next week on april 15th so make sure you go and check out that i was honored to produce and mix this four song ep i'm also finishing up cool zoos four song ep and also some songs from Sean Robinson out in Pennsylvania. So I have a few projects coming up here that I hope I'll be able to showcase soon. But let's get on to what you came here to listen to, which is the interview with Rain Stern. So here we go. So why don't we kind of start with your musical origin story? How did you get started in music? And kind of give us a, a description of how you got to where you are now. Okay. Um, when I was... Uh, 11 years old um i my older brother josh uh, got into bass playing like a year prior to that and um (laughs) he had actually uh done some some naughty things with him and his teenage friends (laughs) uh stole a bunch of money from one of his friends dad's bar Ooh. and uh because his friend is all like pissed off as his dad and they're like let's go in here and take all the one dollar bills out of the slot machines but uh while the other kids i don't know probably spent it on stupid shit my brother <laughs> um got a, a bass an electric bass and uh yeah i i mean i wanted something as well i don't think it was as simple as that i don't mean to like reduce it to something so straightforward it wasn't just my brother has an instrument and therefore i want one like it wasn't you know okay but um but that was part of it and uh i, I think it was more so you know i had seen other guitar players and other bands before and had always been particularly drawn to the guitar playing. Um, And yeah, I mean, I was always 
a kid who was listening to every facet of the music as much to like the best of my ability and understanding, Mm -hmm. you know, as a person who actually produces music now and, and goes every step of the way with the music process, I can listen to a song and like appreciate where something's panned and how it's mixed and can kind of assume what their, their busing chain looks like and things like that, you know, based on what I'm hearing, Yeah, which is, it just adds so much to what you can appreciate now, the more you understand it. But as a kid, I was still uh, going deeper into what was happening uh, with my awareness of the music and the layers. Like I was that kid that would, you know, sing every part of the song, the guitar solo, the bass line, you know, and I cared more about, um, the lyrical content than uh, you would assume or expect a kid at that age to care about yeah. uh, or be able to understand. Right. And um, so I think it was just kind of an inevitable path, which is not, which is why I'm, you know, not trying to give like my older sibling had something and I wanted it too. <laughs> like it wasn't, it doesn't just boil down to that. Right. But that's part of it. And so, and it's right around that time. So I got like a mini black Squire Strat for Christmas uh, when I was 11. And I have no idea how to tune the thing. Like not a clue where to start, but yeah. um, having innate musical sensibilities i started doing one line just straight like one string lines uh kind of more like picked bass playing you know a little bit more like like my beginning point (laughs) is where like some people get to when it comes to being like the bass player for like a pop punk band, which is like, I was starting there. So it was just like, it's like, all right, scoot over dude. He's been doing this for five years, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so, uh, and I, all, it just wasn't a question for me at all. It just started there and it was, like, and of course that I would start writing songs. So in a very short period of time, I couldn't really tell you exactly how much time I, um, but probably only a few weeks of having this guitar. I uh, wrote a song called Spectacular Cleaning Machine. And it was inspired by me getting home, opening the door, uh, the door bumping into a chair because that chair was very intentionally placed there for me to see with a chore list taped to it. Okay. And the rebellious child in me being like, absolutely not. I'm going <laughs> to write a rock and roll song about this, but it wasn't, but I, I didn't think to myself, Oh, I'm going to write a rock and roll song or, Oh, I'm going to write a pop song or oh, I'm going to write a this. It's just, I'm going to write a story. And I'm going to express myself. And that's, that was my roots. And that's where I've continued to go. Um, Very individualistic in that way. And uh, so that little kind of line that I was singing to you earlier Mm -hmm. is, 
ended up being the backbone for what that was. And so it was like, no one life is really like, like, so already it's like take an 11 year old who, you know, doesn't have training whatsoever. So it, is it going to be something that you're going to want to put on the radio? No, but melodically, I'm not like really changing much of what I had actually written then to you right now. Right. I would say that kid's on to something considering that all you did was put an instrument in their hands and that's it. And then you left them to their own devices in a, in a few weeks or less, just put me in a room for a few hours. Right. Right. I'm, I'm basically playing like a baseline on the low E string, which was tuned to who knows what. And that's not the point, you know? Right. Right. And I, and I was writing melodies that were as good as a lot of like lame ass rock and pop songs right? <laughs> right but just like just doing it yeah and also writing lyrics that were sarcastic and witty and rhymed and had schemes and had literary devices in them whether it was known to me or not um so I mean, that kid's a genius. <laughs> like, that's what you call that. That's what you call that when that's coming from nowhere. And so it kept on with that. Um, and then I, my parents, I brought them into my bedroom and was like, I'm going to play you this song. And they look at each other like, okay, like, we'll just, like, no matter what happens, just be supportive. Like that kind of a, right, you know, right. each other, that look. Meanwhile, I'm like extremely aware of the situation and I'm like, okay, guys. <laughs> and I'm just like playing the song. And I can tell by the time I get like not even done with it, even just a, a few lines into it, they're already like looking at each other like, what on earth is happening? This is actually kind of good. Like, yeah. And um, so my parents go, okay she's got something here. We should, you know, put her into guitar lessons or something. But uh, yeah, yeah. So I ended up going to this place called Madison Music Foundry. And uh, my instructor was this guy named Steve Anthes. And first lesson in there, he teaches me how to tune my guitar. He's like, here, bar, you know, like, you know, you have a tuner. Great. Cool. Let me show you how to use this thing. Teaches me the chords G, D, and A. And teaches me like a major scale, like a yeah. basic pentatonic major scale or something like that. Okay. And uh, and I think he was like impressed by like my ability to look at his hands and kind of like do the mirror image stuff. Um, which I don't know exactly where that comes from. If it's just an observance thing or like my mom's a visual artist, so maybe there's some like some like dyslexic. ADHD neurodivergence thing going on there where I just could like look at people's hands and do it. And then I just remembered that I went back for another few weeks and then he left the Madison music foundry and that was it. So I had guitar lessons for like a month. Okay. And then, um, and then I just started playing along with like backing tracks, like here's um, jazz in E minor <laughs> or here's blues in a right. Right. And I just, started taking like 
the basic scales that were applied to me and the basic understanding of major and minor chord shapes and just just going with it from there and uh that turned into the uh the obvious journey of of like guitar tablature and youtube videos and things like that and that was that for me i mean that was it, it there's no going back after that point and um then it then we get to the point where i'm writing uh these really gorgeous tales and songs and my uh emotional capacity and like intellectual understanding things that are going on in my family's life my parents divorced when i'm a freshman in high school but things have been rocky before that um i was like probably one of a handful of queer kids in a small town um super bored like really creative kind of uh big fish small pond kind of um uh problems and uh being the weird kid who like is always too passionate and cares about everything too much according to their apathetic sheltered closed-minded peers um but now is like really cool to those people as a young adult (laughs) Uh, and i'm like i'm like well everybody changes and i'm like I didn't change. I'm still me. You guys change. Like you guys got the hard knock life thing happened to you and some, some growing pains and experiences. And now you're coming back to me being like, Oh man, like you, you were onto something. And I'm like, yeah, I, I knew that. That's what happens when you're an unusually aware person Yeah. around a pool of people who aren't. Um, and so the reason I continue to bring kind of this like social dynamic and stuff into it is because it's a massive part of the reason why I am an artist and why I am the artist that I am. Uh, and, and it's indicative of my path where I've been and the journey going forward it is always going to be kind of about bringing, shedding light on things that, and, and in a way that people wouldn't otherwise be looking at them. Uh, and Uh, Because people say, you know, like everything's been done before. And I'm like, that's just can't be true. And, uh, you know, every song's already been written, but people are, uh, you know, what's the saying that it's like, uh, it's it's about like uh, something about, um, you know, bad artists or decent artists borrow from, from people and great artists steal or something like that. I just think all of that is a crock of shit. (laughs) I just think that entire thing is just like bad advice. I don't think it's advice at all. I just think it's like an, it should be an old wives tale. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I, and uh, I think that there's a lot of people who tend to do that kind of projecting where they're like, when, when you're writing a song or, 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 you know, they'll listen to some of my stuff and they're like, it's so different. Like I, I can't, I've, there's something about it that feels nostalgic, but I've never heard this sound or, or, you know, this energy before. And then they're trying so hard to put it inside of like a mental framework or a box for themselves so that they can like feel comfortable and secure and understand it. Um, because it's beyond them in some way. Like they're just like, it's not outside, it's outside of their experience. And so I've had other artists or other people ask me, you know, who, who is it? Cause they're like perplexed. Who is it that you, like, if you could, if you could write a song, 
like somebody, you know, like who is it that when you listen to, you go, oh man, I wish I could write a song like that. And I'm like, I've never not once had that thought. Hmm. Not once have I ever listened to another artist and said to myself, man, I wish I could write a song like that. Why would I think that? Why would I, as the person that I am with the stories and the thoughts and the feelings that I'm having, want to write a song like another person? That just doesn't make sense to me. Mike, you can say, oh, I, I, I appreciate the guitar tone in that song, or I appreciate the, the way that that person is able to use their instrument and sing with it. Um, or, or isn't that such a cool moment how the beat drops out there and then this happens and then that, and then there's a sweep there. And like, I'm able to appreciate elements to songwriting and to music and to art in general, but I've never ever wanted to write a song or be another person. That's just, to me, that, that comes to me, that's just like a projection from those people. I'm like, Oh, so that's how you do this. Like, that's how you look through the world. That's like your goal. And if that's the case, there's a part of me that's like, well, you so then you're just like here to what saturate the market for what means to what end for who, like, who is it for? What is, what's the goal? If you're just trying to write a song like another person, well, that person already wrote the song that you're trying to write a song like. So Sorry, buddy, but maybe like music isn't it for you. And I think music is for everybody, but like not everybody is going to do uh, groundbreaking or new um, things or add like value to the market. And that's just true. Like it's not going to be the vast majority of people ending and entering the music industry that are adding something super different to it because that's because then it wouldn't be super different. Right, right. Um, And I'm not saying that the only goal and the only reason and purpose of making music is to make something that is super different. I think the real purpose and goal of making music and making art should be to express something authentically. I agree. And so that's why if you are trying to write a song like another person, you are inherently ripping out your own involvement, your own expression, and therefore the authenticity. And it's kind of a moot point at this point. So, um, and the reason I say all of that is that has been a foundational aspect of the person that I am and therefore the artist that I am. And they are inseparable elements to the way that I approach everything. And so, um, yeah, I, I started writing music really like I had been basically since day one. Right. Yeah. Spectacular cleaning machine. It started. Right. That turns into other things. By the time I'm 15, 16, like I'm already writing songs where I'm hearing the whole picture, you know, like the pen hits the, the, the ink hits the page and I'm hearing horn lines and I'm hearing like, I'm hearing arrangements. Um, and, and I, and I don't think that that's something that you have to go to school for. I think that that's something that like, if certain brains are spongy for certain things and mine is spongy for being able to absorb those kinds of qualities in music 
and um, understand the language of it. Because so it's like this, right? There have been sentences that were spoken or are being spoken or will be spoken that weren't before they were spoken, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's just it's just that's just has to be the case, right? So to me, music is like for me is like learning the English language. I already did that. I have an innate ability to do it like as a human baby doing it. So now I don't need to like go back and copy from other people's sentences. I know what those words mean. I can look up the individual words on my own time and have my own life experiences uh, or read books or do whatever, absorb process and then output. I mean, that's all like that is, right? Is that it's like, is it's like, I can't really create the experience for you as the listener. I can make, I can, this uh, building a song, like a soundscape and a story is like, is like making a house. And that person can walk into that house if they want to. But ultimately, you're just like giving them a key to open a door to then maybe like, step into that world and, and, and build their own house. But they're going to put, even if your foundation and your blueprint is really good, they're going to have, you know, grant their grandma's lamp in the corner because it's there, it's coming from their filter and their, expe- their perspective. So I am the, this is like a, a quote of mine, I guess, from this, I saw somebody write this down that I had said this at a show uh, and I like it. Um, the song is your heart. I'm just the medium. And that's the way that I view uh, my myself and my journey in uh, what I do is that I am open enough to and willing enough and able enough to just be uh, and in touch enough with my surroundings to just be absorbing and then not having to put do you definitely put energy and thoughtfulness and it, it's like fun, but to me, like making songs now has like become this like fun little project that I get to do basically whenever I want to do it. Like it's, it's like, it's like, I don't know if I've put 10,000 hours in or not, but it's like, I've done that. And so now I'm at this point and I have been for a few years now where I can sit down at a computer and be like, I'm going to make this. And I do it successfully every time. And, uh, and I think that if you're, if it's like, um, it's like dancing or anything. If you tense the muscles too much, it's not going to be, be a fluid mo- movement. So you have to be able to like trust yourself and just go for it. And if you're really good at it and you have the thing, we've all watched dancers and like where there's a whole like choreography going on. Mm-hmm. And then there's that one person that everybody's watching because they have the thing, they have that it factor. To me, my relationship with music is like that. It's like, I'm not, I'm not going to be thinking about it too much, too hard or putting so much effort into it that it actually detracts from the natural movement that is just going to be there. Like I'm trusting the process and letting it kind of do its thing, you know? Um, so there's always going to be expatiating when it comes to me. Like I'm going to go here and then I'm going to go here and then I'm going to go here. And I'll always remember your question and then I'll tie it back together. Yeah. So then um, I graduate high school early um, and moved to Madison and I start going to like open mics. And it did not take long at all um, before I was 
uh, in like three bands. I was in three bands. I was 18 in three bands. Um, I was already in one band regularly playing before I, I turned 18. And then I was in two more and then like six within like a six month period. And it was oh, too wow. much, way yeah. too much. Right. I was going to like uh, the Madison area technical college just for one semester in six bands, had a messed up uh, kind of somewhat long distance relationship um, that like started in high school and then carried on for a couple of years. And uh, tumultuous stuff with my family. Like I was just like in a hard, bad place and way in over my head. Um, and then that kind of carried on for about another year towards like 19. And by that point, I was like, screw this. Like that relationship failed. Um, my like mom moved away, got remarried. Uh, I decided to start giving like my two week notice essentially for these bands. I, or, you know, it's not that simple. I'd be like, I'm going to play these and these and these shows with you and I'm out. Right. And um, I would say at least half of those bands basically quit when I quit because they were like, I was the one who was ripping the solos, bringing the most life to the shows and getting us the most tips. Like I was like the breadwinner for that musical family. So they were kind of like, what's the point? If you're not here, you're kind of our catch, you know? Um, and I was like, dude, I just, it's not, I like making money and I can make a lot of money if I'm playing in a lot of bands. Uh, not a lot of money. I mean, it's all a matter of perspective, right? <laughs> right, but right, right. I could be paying my bills and doing fine, but I'm stressed out and I'm not enjoying myself. And ultimately this is like, I'm super duper selling myself short by doing this. Like I am not, I'm not um, some like prodigious young female guitar player from the Midwest. I am a composer and a producer that's not being given the time, space, credit, freedom, energy to really actualize that to my maximum potential. And someday you guys aren't, I'm not going to be in the local newspaper as like a young blues prodigy or something like that. You're going to look at me like on a top charting pop playlist and be like, oh shit, she's like bringing uh, uh, something entirely new to the industry that uh, we haven't seen. And, you know, I've had in, in decades, you know, and it's like, and it's not that I'm bringing back an old school thing. Like I'm not doing silk sonic and I'm not just like intentionally diving back into like smooth, sexy seventies music, you know, no, for the, the appeal. It's just, when I say we haven't seen it in decades, I mean, like, I mean, like Sonny Thompson, who was Prince's bass player, is like, you kind of remind me of Prince. I mean, like Nick Jonas, who did um, an album with them when he was like a young kid, was like, you kind of remind me of Prince. I mean, like John Legend was also like, what do we have here? A young, modern female Prince. I personally don't think I'm that much like Prince. I don't think we write similar songs at all, but I understand what what people are trying to say because yeah. they're like, there, there's something that they can't really put their finger on. And I think that it's that same, that similar kind of quality to Prince where they were like, everybody thought Prince was like, like a genius, mysterious, uh, 
like arrogant intelligent asshole and i don't think that <laughs> i don't think that everybody thinks that thinks that about me but i do think that there is that kind of like inability for most people to like to like wrap it up they can't really package it up nicely because yeah. they don't get it but there's something so obtainable and relatable about that person at the same time yeah like that I, person, yeah go for it i was just gonna say if you read the story or heard the story about what his band director said about him i haven't no basically kind of like same like you he would be at school basically a virtuoso on the guitar as a musician composing writing yeah. songs doing all the kind of same stuff that you're doing so I, maybe that's where they're coming from like you they remind you remind them of prince in that way where right. it's just all natural kind of thing right and, and there's a lot of people who like whatever they're doing even with music is like a very natural thing that's coming out of them but i think it moves past that too because then it's like that person is making waves culturally and they're not doing things um that are expected of them or they're not um, uh, like I'm aligning myself with things and yeah. I'm not like afraid to do that. And I think that um, whether Prince was like genuinely um, a super supporter of women and queer people and like it, whether he was that guy authentically or not, uh, he did make waves culturally by aligning himself towards that. So, you know, I don't know him uh, that much. I don't really listen to his discography that much. Um, I don't do a lot of reading up on the guy. Um, but, you know, I do know that that is something that is very much so attached to him. Could have been that he recognized that it was edgy and cool and therefore made him look edgy and cool. Um uh, you know, how much, if, if a person is a, an aware person, how much of like what they're doing that's edgy and cool is like calculated and is authentic. Yeah. And um, who's to say like, if them being a calculated person is authentically part of them, maybe the whole thing could be considered calculated and authentic simultaneously. True. You no. know? Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, I think we're very different um, in the music that we make. Um, I th I think that I'm a more uh, heady, poetic lyricist uh, while still being direct. If we're if we're still on the Prince train, uh, <laughs> than, Prince, than Prince is, um, I will make my mark now and and boldly claim to be a better lyricist than Prince was. Um, uh, guitar player. I don't, I, I, I would say that we're comparable. I don't care to be the best guitar player on the planet. I've never cared to be the best guitar player on the planet. I probably leaned more in that direction when I was younger. Now, uh, I can firmly say, and it has been for a while now that I really just want to make good art. So if you and me are sitting in a room and so is the, so is a band and so is my partner or whatever, and we're all sitting around and I'm making a song and somebody says, you should replace this word with this word. It means the same thing, but it just sounds better, flows better. And it has the same number of syllables and you're right. That's the word we're going to use. I'm not here to like, to like, 
have the, the art be like, well, I did it and I did it to the full 100% capacity. And da, 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 da. If that's what happens, great. Then that's what happens. If not, then great. That's, then that's not what happened. But at the end of it, if we're, I'm going to make sure the song is excellent if I'm involved, you know? And I, so I would consider myself in that way, like a particular person, but an actually very easy to work with person, because I really do just have the objective of getting it to be as good as it possibly can. Yeah. Um, you, you come across very articulate and very, um, and I hope this doesn't come across wrong, just very intelligent in what you're, what you're involved with. And I think that comes up comes across in your music as well and i think it's just like your personality and yourself comes through your music it's not oh, fake yeah. it's more like you on on the speakers basically it's, it's okay so you see what i mean when i was saying like this is the reason that i'm saying these things is because this is me this is my mode of operation this is how i move through life and that just ends up reflecting in my art and people can disagree with me and openly and that's fine. Like right. I, but I'm just saying like, if you ask me about my story and what I think about this stuff, then you're going to get an honest answer. Good. And you know, something that my mom said to me when I was a little kid was like, if every single person in the world likes you a hundred percent of the time, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Because uh, there are people like, cruel people out there who are just about like stepping on everybody in their process. And, and if you're the kind of person who stands up for what you believe in and, you know, is, you know, like a, a, an of the people for the people kind of person, and you make that known there, you will get flack for it from somebody, even if most people like you, somebody's not going to. <laughs> right, right. And so right. you have to be cool with that. And if anything, be like, uh, take that as a reminder that you're onto something. Um, now, if everybody's like, dude, like you're just mean, like you're hard to work with, like you're an ass, like for, then, <laughs> then like maybe like take some time and self reflect and figure something out. Right. But, um, you know, any, any musician, um, or a person I've ever like had in a band or that I've ever worked with, I think if you actually talk to them one-on-one -on -one in depth about what working with me is like, you know, my drummer would be like, well, early on, you know, she like wasn't very reliable when it came to like bringing an extra XLR cable, if that was something we needed or whatever, you know, <laughs> but she means really well. And she, and she's, she really is the person that you, you know, she says she is, and she really does do the things that she cares about behind the scenes. And, uh, she's very funny and weird. And you know, like, I think, I think pretty much everybody would have mostly good things to say. And then there would be like, a, and then all of the, the like flaws about me that they would point out, they would be like, oh, and she knows this too about herself. Like we all talk about this, you know? So, you know, I have a lot of, um, you know, I'm an extremely anxious person. I'm very hard on myself and that can kind of extend to the people around me in some ways that are really close to me. And there are, there are things about myself that I, I will always have to grapple with and that I will always wanting to be working on. Um, but I think for the most part, I like me and it's because I've always stuck to this kind of, uh, triangle principle of always be curious 
So always be like interested in exploring the world around you. I've got a cat on the table now. Um, (laughs) uh, Always be skeptical and be, you know, wonder about things, question things. Don't just take everything at face value all the time. And then last but not least, like be humble. And I mean that not in the, oh, I'm not really that good. Thank you for the compliments. Like that's not humility. That's just bullshit. <laughs> but like, but like be humble and in, in, in be, being always willing to be wrong. So if you do draw a conclusion and you do test a theory and then you're like, okay, here's my conclusion. And then new information comes up. Or if you're studying um, a type of, uh, if you're studying fascism or you're studying this or that, and you're like, there's some things about this that I like and there's some whatever. And it's just like, don't get, don't have ideas and thoughts that you have or ideologies that you come across. Don't attach them too much to your identity because it's just information. And I'm like, I didn't create socialism. Are there things about it that I would probably come to a conclusion about for myself anyways, as, as the person I am? Sure. Yeah, totally. But like, if there's new information that I come across about something, like, I just feel like I'm a, I'm, a, I'm adaptable because I don't get too hung up on the, my environment being me. Like I'm just me in whatever environment that I'm in and that environment that I'm in is going to change and it's going to change me. So, you know, it's like, um, and this isn't, it's not rocket science. Like I'm not talking about like unheard of, um, concepts or anything. No, I think what, what just makes it, it's just important to me and it's always important to me. And I'm consistent about the fact that it's important to me. And I'm not like afraid to have those conversations, but I wouldn't, I would go beyond saying that it like, it's a, it's a courageous thing. I don't think that it's coming from a place of courage necessarily. I almost feel more like it's coming from a place of like, not that I don't know any better, but like, I kind of can't help myself. (laughs) Like if I'm just a neurodivergent weird person that was always going to be that girl or that kid in school, it's like pretty deep in the fabric at this point. You yeah. know, and so um, just having to move my like one and only nice, expensive pair of sunglasses <laughs> away from this cat. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I quit all those bands just to bring it back to like a linear story. Yeah. It's always going to be conceptual and then back to the chronological that's, thing. That's <laughs> um, I, I formed my own group, um, started showing them music I was working on and it was really cool to to go from having these kind of loose concepts of what the music is going to sound like all together and then being like okay here's the tempo that I have here's the song how does it how do all these pieces fit and I think because there was value in me having played with all of those bands whether it was soul fulfilling or not before starting my own because I just had an understanding of, of how to communicate. Okay. No, like, you you know, maybe switch to the ride here instead, you know, to the drummer or, um, you know, actually I think what I'd like for you to do is like just groove finger style for a while. And then every so many notes do like a accentuate this with like a pop with your finger. You know what I mean? Like, and so it, it made it so that 
my transition into creating my own group, there wasn't much uh, lag time. It was pretty much like, okay, like I've got these songs. I've got like the chord structures, the arrangements, and a lot of the lyrics down for the most part. Um, And at that point in time, I would have considered myself a singer-songwriter. But it was when I was about 19 and I um, started like really being like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to like open up GarageBand and actually just start laying down these tracks, recording myself and like hating how my voice sounded on things and, and, and then like working on that um, uh, just by trial and error. Uh, and then and then starting to like have that visual map and structure of like looking at a DAW and understanding the, the rudimentary elements of how to record yourself. Um, is a great place to start for singer songwriters to make that leap then from uh, building, what would you say, like uh, laterally um, to, or, or like, would it be, yeah, laterally to like vertically? Because then there, there's like, there's like the length of a song and the arrangement of the song this way. And then there's the arrangement of the song up and down, you know? where that's when you start adding the layers. And it was then because I was a songwriter, my guitar playing definitely took on um, and held, carried a lot of the team because it was just me and a guitar for a long time when I was writing these songs. And so a lot of my guitar playing was um, busy or not as structured as it could have been because I was so used to doing open mics and busking and a lot of freestyling with all these different bands I was in. Um, and it was always good, but it was when you, it's once you start recording yourself that you go, okay, you know, don't give them all your cards at once. And, and you hear the playback and you hear that honesty back in your face where you're like, okay, I'm, uh, my timing on this part isn't super consistent because I'm so used to like, there, there is something to be said for the ebb and flow of like natural uh, speeding up and down that I think is like missing in a lot of um, kind of robotic music now and pop music. There's something to be said for the robotic elements of, yeah. but then there's something to be said for like an old James Brown song that like, the whole point of the song is to build up intensity in people's passion. So the tempo, the tempo rises. Yeah. But, um, I was a really good live performer. I was, that's very different than being an excellent recording artist. And those are both skills that I want to have. But my favorite part of the music process is the creation, the creative side of it. It's like the making of the songs and the, the as like a very high energy person who cares about a lot of stuff or is super anxious and then depressed or whatever, like has so much inside of themselves to get out. It, um, it's the part that works the most wonders on me. Like I could be in a room full of people or completely by myself. And when that really good idea flows right out of you and it's captured, it's just like, it's not like a feeling of ecstasy. Like, you know, like, taking a, a super it's not like being on ecstasy or or i i've never taken heroin <laughs> but like I, I i'm saying it's not like that it's like peace 
It's like, a, it's like having done a really good exercise and feeling your body like relax or you know what I mean? It's, yeah. and it's cathartic. And so for that reason, as a person who's like, you know, shaking all the time yeah. in a way, uh, my energy is, is like very high vibration. I feel like it's one of the few times that I get to like my, I, I can be making, it's like when I'm making the most is when I'm like actually like in my slowest motion because that's when I kind of enter. It's like you watch somebody do like an up-tempo hip-hop choreography and you're just like so much is happening that you're just like, whoa, what was the thing that they did? Right, right. But they have such a beautiful, innate relationship with those moves and with telling that story and with their own body that they've worked on to the point where it's just flow state for them at that point. Yeah. It's like, and that, yeah, I was just going to say, it's like me and my wife, like to enjoy, we, when it was on TV, it was like, so you think you can dance and you can just watch those certain dancers and they're just like, they're all in they're, they're They're in the zone and it just flows from beginning to end. Yeah, definitely. I like to be thorough. Um, and I do really enjoy having conversations. And so this is one of those things where it's like, I told you, like I told you that I really cared about things. And so, and then here I am like exemplifying that, like kind of compulsory. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I, it's a bad expression. And so like, if you're doing, if you're having a good conversation uh, or you're actually trying to tell a story, then you want to be thorough in it. And it's not like I'm using superfluous words that like go over most people's heads, Yeah. but I still am saying things like to the point and clearly. And because it's uh, because it's thoughtful, that's what makes it come off as intelligent, you know, um, or what makes it, you know, intelligent, but it's not um, it's not like, unobtainable like no. i don't want to be unobtainable i want no. i and i want my music to be as well like i'm not out here trying to be like uh the most intelligent artist there is i'm out here trying to be uh, an understanding person and to be understood and so it's like if if i want that to happen then i have to have an ever evolving relationship with what it means to express myself and then to have conversations because to me a really really good song tells a story but it it's like building a conversation uh between you and the audience and if you have messages that you're trying to tell then that's like super clear um if you're doing it well and yeah. if you are i think consider it like i think the clearer you are while still being able to take people to places that they haven't been to or they haven't considered before. I think to me, that's when something's like really well executed art. Like you can write songs and you can make music, but to me, it becomes art when it, uh, when it goes past, um, when it moves people, when it like, un when the, when the audience whether they like it or not, are moved. And I don't just mean like, it's like, you can't help yourself. You're like, oh, like you're kind of grooving to it physically mm -hmm. a little bit. And then 
and then it's like if it actually transcends uh, you a little bit and also takes you to a place that builds a world for you that you otherwise would have never knew existed or could go to or it be, I think it definitely becomes art when it like when it crosses gaps and and divides between between different groups of pre- people where there was like hate or ignorance or lack of understanding like that's kind of the whole point of art and and like human expression is like trying to find those truths and um i think everything in life is one of three things it's either that like this quest for truth um your truth let's say as an individual and then uh the mundane to maintain like washing your dishes it's not really here nor there it's not black or white it's just something you have to do to maintain your life and then uh, everything else that's not one of those two things is a distraction. If you're not doing something that's like resonates with you or your truth or like a journey and, and maybe you're confused and you don't know what that is for you. It's not like I have my truth and I'm living up to my full potential every single day. I just like think that's a ridiculous expectation <laughs> of oneself. Um, but like, I'm the biggest hypocrite there is <laughs> when it comes to that. <laughs> but, um, I do think that it's like, if you are constantly revisiting that, even in moments of seemingly nothingness or silence, if you're considering that and you're like, that is something I'd like to achieve. And you're putting, you're like manifesting that in some way or putting that question and that honest, uh, desire to grow out there into the universe, I think you're doing it. And I think that, um, you know, it, we all have our vices, um, whether it's drinking or smoking weed or um, continuing to be in relationships with people that uh, are like distract you from yourself because <laughs> uh, your own, your own just self alone in a, in a room is like deafening silence, you know? Yeah. If those things, as um, as pleasant as they are in the moment, are distractions from that truth, and I call it truth because it it really embodies this whole package of like uh, love or one's purpose or uh, one's joy or the things that somebody yeah somebody's joy and fun and things like that. Like I think that. you know, life is meant to be uh, an array of colors, um, both hard and good and bad and whatever. But um, I, I hope I hope I think I've already explained my point here. So, yeah. in in saying all of that, I think it's that that it, about me as a person that is like unwavering, and then I but I still have this like cool kid, young, like cute female who can do this stuff and is relatable to a lot of like the kind of uh, like queer kids and men who are wanting to paint their nails and, and um, like being weird is like in now and all of this sort of stuff. So like I'm relatable to a lot of uh, younger people in that way. But I also have this like, timeless quality to me because I'm not just doing those things 
uh, to simply be relatable or likable to other people. Uh, I've been doing them or have been embodying them or whatever, uh, regardless. And, uh, and, and I don't always do it well. And sometimes I'm a total jerk, but I also claim that too. Yeah. And so I think it's the overarching claiming of humanity and then the, uh, not seeing people as like an age or, um, as like just a gender, like recognizing those things and understanding how it affects their perspective and the way they move through the world. But like, since I was a kid, you know, 12 years old, I'd have conversations with people who were in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and like be completely unfazed and so entranced in the conversation that I wasn't like, I'm not thinking about this. I'm not thinking about like the physical capsule too much. Right. And, uh, and I think it like struck a lot of people because they were like, this is super unusual. And I'm like, well, if you really have your eyes open, then you actually see the physical world around you. And eventually, if you're really looking, you realize that it's like that there's, there's of course, more and that the more is so much more intriguing, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. I think bringing that, if you're living it, and this is what I mean about being tapped in. So this is what I mean about not putting too much effort into like making the music. I'm going to make this music. I'm going to stronghold this music, <laughs> grab it by the neck and force its head into the toilet. Like, you know, like, that's not the way I, I don't try to make music. I just genuinely feel as though and think that I am trying uh, and somewhat effortlessly, but then also putting effort into it because I want to grow so bad into moving through the world in a way that feels like fucking art. Yeah. And so if you're doing that, then you're going to have so much that you're actually taking in that uh, that's going past people or around them or through them or in one ear and out the other that stays with you. But that's a, that's like a big burden to take on that much weight. And so you have to do something with it. And so I think if you want to grow and you want to know more about the world around you, the inevitable conclusion is that you're going to have to make art eventually. Because you're going to have to like have a healing phase or a healing process or something. And maybe that art for you is Taekwondo. I don't know. But you're going to have to maybe let's maybe let's not say make art. You're going to have to express yourself at some point. Yeah, right. You're going to have to express yourself at some point. And that's where I think a lot of people are afraid of expressing themselves, whether they can say that that's what it is for sure or not. Uh, or they're afraid to live truly and like really go for it because of failure. Um, because when you express yourself, uh, the world reacts and it might be painful and it might be like the most awesome that it could be. Yeah. Um, but that fear of that unknown, I think, keeps people in kind of this gray space that's muted and kind of has its head down and just eyes on the feet during life. And uh, it's, it's exhausting sometimes to like turn your head up and like intentionally be like, okay, no, I'm going to look around. I'm going to touch things. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to talk to different people. Um, and it can be a scary place to be in, but I think the more you you're in that, that, that headspace, the easier it gets. And then the more fun life can become because the more you realize like it's all just a game and that there are really only solutions and if that is something that you can, you can really 
have resonate, if you, if you know that about yourself enough, it will come through the music. It's like taking a picture of a person. It is just a picture, but there's an energy captured in the photo of the person. And sometimes that energy is louder and more intense than other times or than other people or whatever. Yeah. I think that that same thing happens with music. I know that it does. We all know that it does. And I think that if it's super, I think you can make a great song, but it's not always going to have that it factor that I am so like so much more curious and interested in. And I think that there are a lot of, there are movies that are timeless. There are songs that are timeless. There are books that are timeless. There are photographs and pieces of like paintings that are timeless because they have that thing where it's like the artist like reaches through these dimensional layers and, and fucking touches you, you know? Yep. And, and that to me is like, is the end game. It, the end game is that. And then seeing how much uh, you can in your time here be on a purposeful kind of wave. It doesn't have to be super intense and deep and like, sad or something all the time like but just purposeful yeah and i'm not i'm not here to tell you what that is no. but just yeah exactly and so it's like if that's what it's about you're gonna make that kind of art and if you as long as you continue to to be that person like i've had people say like you should try to be mysterious uh because you know if you say too much people can twist that and use that against you. And I'm like, they're going to anyways, people will twist my silence and use it against me. Like I, I don't have control over what other people decide to do with my image. Do I think I should take the advice and wisdom of like, be careful what you say around certain people? hundred yeah, percent. Right. Right. But I don't think I should be like, so careful to the point where I'm afraid and um, not willing to like, call Jimmy Fallon out in front of his face on the tonight show. If he says something or call out the kind of like twilight zone game of like, you know, entertainment and like pop culture and stuff like that's kind of, to me, that's like exciting to me to have those opportunities and those moments where I get to do that, whether it's behind closed doors or, or all of the lights are on. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, I think now where I'm headed because we could talk about the voice and stuff. We can talk. This is your soapbox. So if, if you right. want to talk about it, great. If you don't, that's here's cool too. I'll, here's what I'll say about it. Okay. I never would have done it had it not. Well, she's going to continue on with the story of the voice in part two next week, Tuesday. So tune in for that episode and we will see you then. If you're interested in being on the Wisconsin Music Podcast, I have a guest request form on the website, wisconsinmusicpodcast.com. Just go there. You'll see it in the upper left-hand corner. And basically all you're going to do is give me, send in your name and your email, and I'll get back to you. If you're interested in me working with you on your recording project, either as a producer, a recording engineer, mixing engineer, or any combination of those three, let me know at ztfstudio at gmail.com. Have a great week, everybody, and play music.